everybody. Welcome to the Good Evening Kitties podcast, a Tales from the Crypt review. My name is Melissa, your ghostess with the mostest. And today's episode is season four, episode seven, The New Arrival. Here I have with me to help review this episode is my friend Chris. What's up, Chris? Hey, how's it going? Have you ever seen any episodes of Tales from the Crypt before? Not a single one. So what did you think of the only one you've seen? It was it was weird, and I liked it. <laughs> cool. Yeah, we're going to get into this one here. Like I said, it's The New Arrival. As always, John Kassir is the voice of the Crypt Keeper, and Danny Elfman does the theme song. This episode aired July 25th, 1992. It is directed by Peter Medak, who also directed The Changeling. The screenplay is by Ron Finley. It stars David Warner from movies like In the Mouth of Madness, Joan Severance from movies like Bird on a Wire, Zelda Rubenstein from movies like Poltergeist. Guys, we have Tangina, Twiggy Lawson from movies like The Blues Brothers, and Robert Patrick makes a really small cameo, and he's also been in movies like Terminator 2, Judgment Day. So I'm going to go ahead here and read the description on the back of the box here for The New Arrival. A tale of smotherly love. A talk show shrink makes a house call to meet a listener and her unusual child. I kind of like this episode, even though it's not super... I mean, it's memorable. To me, I, f I find a lot of people liked this episode, at least by like IMDb rating, so that's why I had you come on here, Chris. Because mm -hmm. I was like, I want to talk about it with someone. So yeah, so we'll go ahead here. Let's start it up. We have the Crypt Keeper. He is in a straitjacket. Had to think of the word. And he's having a hard time because he needs his doctor to help him because he can't understand puns anymore. And I explained to Chris about the puns of the Crypt Keeper, and, and I felt that you were rolling your eyes as well. I was. Yes, they're, uh, they're, pretty, they're pretty fun. Sometimes some of them get pretty good, where you're like, wow, they're like one after another. I appreciate a good pun. Yeah, it's good, it's good times. He has a good time with it. So this opens up, it's a, it's a radio show, and it opens up where, to me, the first DJ's voice grossed me out, kind of. He gave me, like, icky chills. And then I realized it's Robert Patrick, which, if you've seen, have you seen Terminator 2? Yeah. Okay, he's the silver metal dude. I did not realize that was him. Yeah, it's like real quick, but he's some guy named Lothar, and he has like a Lothario sex radio thing in the night where he's just like, Don't forget tomorrow, housewives, when our subject is sex with the supernatural. Is it possible? Is it cheating? Have you had it? And most important, honey, did the spirit move you? And so he's finishing up his set, and then Dr. Alan Getz is coming on to do his, and he is a child psychologist, and he has a great book called The Art of Ignoring Your Child. It's 10.05 and time for Good Psychology with award-winning child psychologist Dr. Alan Getz, author of the best-selling The Art of Ignoring Your Child. I had a good laugh about that, which to a point, he's not wrong. You really should on some things, but you got to feed them. <laughs> you know, you can't just ignore everything about them. But yeah, so it's basically there's a thing going on where Dr. Getz is not doing so well with his radio show. Like, he's not getting enough listeners and people aren't that excited about it. I can't tell what time of day it is, but it seems like it's real. It's nighttime, but I don't think it is. It, I don't think it is because later, later on it was yeah. in the day. But it just seems like it's like, why is it so dang dark in here? Like, I find that with a lot of horror movies and things. It's like, someone turn on a light. It's so dark. But yeah, so he gets on there. Well, she says it's 10.05, so maybe it's 10 in the morning. I don't know. We don't know. It doesn't matter. Time isn't real. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So she, he gets on there, and he's talking to people, and then this woman calls in. Her name is Nora White, and she's played by Zelda Rubenstein, and she calls in a lot, apparently, and she has a troubled child named Felicity. 
and she can't ever get her to calm her tits and Felicity is just like banging her head on stuff and screaming and it goes on and on. Hi, it's uh, what, uh, four days since you last called, Nora? How's little Felicity getting along? Well, Burning the house down? Not at all. Riding on the wall with feces? No, of course trying not. Trying to electrocute the cat? She's taken to banging her head against the wall really hard. I tried reasoning with her, but that never works. Then I threatened to take away her favorite toy. She just started screaming and banging her head again. As this call's going on, this other chick, played by Joan Severance, is kind of like the, like a owner or PA or something at the radio show, and comes in and is like, we're gonna cancel you guys. So you need to figure out what you're gonna do. This is your last show, whatever, you guys need to leave. And so Dr. Getz hears that because he, for some reason, has a switch where he can listen to the inside of the box on his own, which I find kind of weird. He's upset. So basically, he makes a point to go visit Nora to help fix the child, and that's gonna be what's gonna save his radio show. Uh, lady, are you aware that you are the epitome of the inept parent and that your little Felicity is the ultimate problem child? Does that mean you're not coming? On the contrary. I'm gonna originate good psychology from your home every day until little Felicity is a fully functioning little girl. We're making a house call. You can't do that, Getz. Good psychology beats bad behavior every time. They're heading into to go over to Nora's house. So they get to Nora's house to meet Felicity. It's Dr. Getz, his whatever tech lady. I think that's played by Twiggy. And then Joan Severance. What I thought was interesting, like they show up and it's like the house has a bunch of stuff kind of like a hoarder's right yeah situation. it's definitely already got something going on from the outside but they act like it's like been demo like they're like what's this mess all about and it's like they think it's the child i'm like or it could be the mom just having a lot of stuff right. like it doesn't look like it's i don't know it's just weird to me how they're just like oh this child is so horrible i'm like mm, no this mom is a hoarder they're gonna ring the doorbell and before they do dr getz pauses and it's because he hates electricity but i find that odd because he has a radio show right he's always got you know his headphones and everything on and yeah to be surrounded by yeah to be surrounded by that much stuff electricity like he won't touch it his whole thing with the child psychology is ignore it ignore it ignore it and then he, he snaps every time which is I don't know what that's supposed to do, but yeah. So it's like, maybe you could just do that with your hatred of electricity. Just ignore <laughs> it, ignore it, ignore it. And uh, yeah. I mean, it's a good thing you did. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, because then the one chick, chick who's like very like... Manager or whoever. Yeah. And then she's got like her hair all slicked back and she has a real short skirt and she just... I don't even know why she's here really. And um, she goes to, to... She's like, oh, f you know, for God's sake or whatever. And goes in and dings the doorbell and she gets a huge electrical shock and falls down on the ground. And then that's when the door is answered by Nora, and it's Zelda Rubenstein, and she's very wee. Most horror people know who she is. I mean, like I said, Poltergeist. She's been in a couple other movies too, but she I think she does pretty well in this. She answers the door, and she's like, oh, sorry about that, I was tinkering with the doorbell. I don't know how that causes it, that it would electrocute yourself that bad, but it's a really old house, I guess. And so- She's a very good tinkerer. She is a very good tinkerer, <laughs> yes. I'm a very good tinkerer. Apparently not, though. She, I mean, I feel like she meant to do that. She was like... I would do that. <laughs> what better way to Screw let visitors. you know... Yeah, what better way to let you know that someone's over at your house if they're not on a pile <laughs> in a pile on the floor on your front porch like that lady is. So she gets up and she's all mad, which I don't blame her. I'd be mad, too. 
And so she's like, hey, come on in. Felicity's in here. And you start hearing this really low guttural screaming and this banging. And so she has this daughter, which they don't really say the age, but I would say it's probably like 10 or so. And you don't see her, but you can hear everything she's doing. And right away, Nora wants to give her some bubble gum, which we will get to that gum later. <laughs> Good Lord. And I think the woman, the girls had enough gum. Dr. Getz is like, don't do that. You're just going to reinforce her bad behavior. Right. Repeat after me. Ignore it. Ignore it. Ignore it. Ignore it. Ignore it. Ignore it. And so they get to talking about it, about all that stuff with Felicity. Felicity stops having a fit. And they, they go to talk some more to Nora. And they're in, like, this parlor. And there's an old picture. And she's like, oh, that's my husband with his commanding officer, which I believe it was Douglas MacArthur. Yeah. Yeah. And he's from World War II. And so right away, you know something's up. Either she is crazy and making this up and there is no child or this child's a lot older than she's letting on because that was World War II and there's no way in 92 yeah. yeah that she would have it's like an 8 year old child so right away they're all three like okay crazy lady <laughs> she has Nora has every child psychology book on her shelf just from all the different doctors let me see if I can pause on it here because they have all the books lined up and some of them I think later like I'll go through some of the trivia here I think some of them aren't real but some of them are real I don't know, one was called No Fault Discipline. I think one was called Trust Your Baby. Right. And stuff like that. So she's, she's read it. She knows all about it. And the first one was from, like, he recognized it was a friend of his that wrote that book. Yeah. Max uh, Spitznager or something. But yeah, so he, he really liked that guy. But then Nora's like, he was a quack. And then so he gets all mad. And yeah, so it's like all these different doctors. And she, she apparently has read them all, talked to them all. Just nothing's working with this with this Felicity child of hers. So, they send her to go make some coffee. She's like, y'all better stay right here. I'm gonna make that coffee. And they're like, this woman is crazy. What are we going to do? So naturally, they do anything but stay right there. Yeah, yeah. I believe, wasn't she, she was screaming again, right? I think so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so she was screaming. Because by now, they're thinking Nora is just pre maybe pretending Yeah, they to wanted to go see if there was really a child. Yeah, there. they're like, we haven't even seen this child. So they all creep upstairs. And you see this child-like figure in a dress with a white mask on it and, and dark curls. And it kind of looks like it could be Nora, but it's also just kind of like kind of creepy. It's like a real white... Right, she's like wearing a mask. Yeah, just a white straight face. And she goes running into this room, and then so they, they're outside this room, which I don't think that's the door she ran into. But he's all he, like... yeah. He can feel the child's presence. <laughs> he's like, I feel this child, this child. And then we're like, okay, like... And so they're all outside, well, we need to get into this room. They open this door, and it's a, it leads to this long corridor, and that's where all this gum comes back into play, and this is gross. When I first, like, this kid, first of all, this kid is real angry. She, I don't know what she's so mad about. Okay, we need to talk about this gum wall. My brain refused to acknowledge what it was for a minute. I thought, oh, she's got lavender growing in here. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's just all this, they're like, this smells like grape bubble gum in here. It's like, yeah, everything, the floor has grape gum, but it's mostly the wall upside next to her bedroom door that has her name on it. And then the other side is just covered with big, thick globs of grape gum. I mean, I like grape gum, but for one, I'm like, this is messed up as a mom. I mean, I don't have kids, but you take that off the wall. Right. She just like leaves it all there. It's all, it's been there for how, who knows how long. And she's just like, I guess maybe Felicity gets mad if she removes it, but like, that's gross. The uh, the fancy 
manager chick, she steps on some and she's all mad. She She's like, oh, it's my Italian shoes. Oh God, it's all over the floors. Oh. Felicity? Felicity? Shit, it's on my shoes. Come on, Rona, they're only shoes. These are my Italian shoes. I mean, she's stepping right in it on purpose almost. You could go around that a little bit. The floor wasn't that bad. It was mostly the wall. Like it almost looks like that wall back there. You ever seen the movie Species? No. Okay. Well, there's this movie. There's a movie called Species, and at the one time, it's about this chick. She's like was like made with like alien DNA in like a lab thing, and she has to go do it and and like have babies or something. And mm -hmm. but she's young, but she grows at an accelerated rate. And so she gets out, and she's like 13, and she makes this cocoon that kind of looks like that purpley thing smacked up to the wall. <laughs> She does it on a train, and then at the end, some guy's like, what's this? And then she, like, comes out and grabs him or whatever. I don't know. Kind of a fun movie. Freaks me out, but that's what it reminds me of. So this chick who stepped in the gum, Rona, she hates kids. And so what does she do? She sees Felicity run ahead of her. Go Doesn't ahead. tell anybody no. what she's doing here. Just walks off and leaves the group, and they have no idea. Yeah, she's which like, is always a great idea. She's like, don't mind me. I hate children, but I'm going to do this by myself. Yeah, so she, she follows Felicity. And Felicity runs around the corner and heads upstairs. Like, a lot of these doors are linked, it seems like, um, to the attic. Yeah, I don't really understand the layout of this house. It seems like it's got some sort of, like, secret passageway in it or something. Yeah, I think there is. Like, the attic has a couple doors that can lead to different rooms, which is fun if you're a kid, but not good in here. This house has, we find out soon, this house, is a, a house has been a little bit booby-trapped in some ways. So she goes after Felicity. She's like, what? Hey, little shit. You know, whatever. And she like goes up there and she goes up to the attic. It's pretty open, actually, for an attic. And it's just like some chairs and like... Yeah, considering how much hoard, you know, crap yeah. she had on the front porch, there's nothing in their attic. You would think that everything would be like floor to ceiling. Of course, maybe they had to remove that in order to make this room. Because this room is very important. Right. There's these chairs and you can't see who's in them, but there's these chairs and they have all these drapes and stuff on them. She turns around and she screams, but you don't see what she sees. And she starts to back up towards this other door, which I don't know where that door is going, because they're in an attic. Uh, and then that's Who when Who doesn't you... put stained glass double <laughs> doors in their attic? I guess there, maybe there's a balcony or something. Yeah, and then that's when you see the face of just some eye holes coming after her, and then she screams, and then cuts back to Dr. Getz and um, his PA or whatever. Consulting his own book. Yes. <laughs> Consulting his own book on what to do when a door is locked, which apparently he has no answer for. <laughs> He's like, I don't know what to do. It's not here. So they're at Felicity's bedroom door. They haven't even really noticed that Rona's gone yet. They're just like, whatever. And so they go to open it, and that's when he gets electrically shocked again on the door now. Now he's real mad. And so now Felicity's back in her bedroom, which is on the other side of the door, you can see. And she's walking around, and she's heading back out through a secret passage. So there's like, there's all these different passages. The PA is pretty smart. She's She's got a mind on her. She she takes some of that nasty gum and she uses it to open the door so she doesn't get electrocuted. And I was like, well, she's good to have one. I mean, there are plenty of less gross things yeah. I feel like she could have used for that. That's true. Yes. Yeah, there had to have been, like, doesn't, I'm trying to think of what doesn't conduct electricity. I mean, I guess rubber, like a rubbery. Right. Yeah, you could have used, like, the bottom of your shoe The insulation of her jacket would have been yeah. enough. Like, there, there was absolutely no valid reason to grab a handful of used gum in almost any situation. <laughs> the writers were like, well, we have all this gum. We're going <laughs> to use it. Did they really use gum? Did they all just sit around chewing gum and sticking it to a wall? <laughs> that was that was the intern's job one day. Yeah. Just chew as much gum as you can. Guys, my jaw hurts. <laughs> Steve, get back in there and start chewing. I'm sorry. Okay.
And so they go into Felicity's room, and it's all electrical TV monitors, old monitors, and they're all a lot of the stuff in this is old. Uh, there's like old radios and toys, and there's a nest like a freaky clown, something that's shooting tennis balls for no reason, and just recording equipment. And there's kind of a, a cool little like uh, Ferris wheel. Literally twenty TVs. This kid's got way too much screen time. That's the real problem. Yeah, except all the screens are blank. Like they're all snowing. That's when Dr. Getz is like, you know... Don't you get it? We're not dealing with a real child, we're dealing with a fantasy child. <laughs> what do you mean? This collection of junk, this is Felicity. He pushes this random recording button on this really old recorder for some reason, and it's, and it's Nora's voice just yelling at how Felicity is a naughty child. And I'm like, why is that a recording? What right. is... Are we torturing our child just that? Okay, good night, sweetie. Hit that button before you walk out. <laughs> you are a bad child, bad. Okay, good night. And so there's a bed in this room and it's like a four poster thing that's covered with a bunch of sheets and um, lace. Twiggy goes over to look in there and she pulls open the, the curtain there and Rona is laying there dead with her eyes open and like a real weird face. And there's a string wrapped around her neck. So she's been choked out to death and she's laying there. And so Twiggy's like, oh my gosh. And then Dr. Getz runs over and they're like, oh shit. And then they're going to call the police and get out of there. Because they're like, now we're definitely dealing with someone crazy. Right. So they go to leave and the door shuts and they can't get out. And so Twiggy notices that there's an extra door on the side. So she goes to go there, kind of leads out of the room, heads upstairs. And they're down at the bottom of these stairs and they're looking up and there's this fan going and it's like some light and they can hear sounds, but they, they don't know what's up and... It's kind of funny because they're like, what's up there? I don't know. Let's right, just stand here. Let's just here. stand down here and look. <laughs> let's just stay here, which I, would be me. I, I mean, he says he's like, I don't want to go up there. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be me. I'd be like, you go on ahead. Yeah, that's not the way out, clearly. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's going up. Unless you're going to jump out the window and shimmy down the side of the house, which at this point I probably would. And so they head up the stairs to go see what's in this attic. And they're slowly walking up there. And now he gets to another door that leads into the attic, and he's still scared. So he's taking his book, and he's just smacking this door. He doesn't even try the knob now. He's just too afraid to touch anything. I don't blame him at this point. <laughs> he's like, how did this, how this door's open? Do two, I two things have tried to electrocute him. Uh, yes, so. and one succeeded. So Twiggy doesn't even want to help now. She, I guess they assume it's locked. And so while they're standing here at the top of the stairs, and there's a door on the side, they see that Felicity's down at the bottom, and it's her with the mask on and, and the hair and everything. And above them which I didn't notice the first time I watched this, but there is a ceiling fan. A very suspicious ceiling fan. Very suspicious. This ceiling fan that I didn't notice also has these serrated blades of, like, teeth on the ends of part of the fan blades. For better airflow. Yeah. <laughs> For better airflow, that's right. And that's why this scene, this scene here is, like, one of my favorites out of this scene. Even though it's real quick, it's, it's funny to me that this is part of the, like, how the house is set up to hurt people because <laughs> it's just really random. Dr. Getz runs down there to, he thinks it's Nora. He's like, Nora, stop this. He's also scared because she probably killed Rona. Right. He leaves Twiggy up the top of the stairs and runs down to kind of try to catch her. I don't know what he was expecting to happen. Because of course she runs and shuts the door on him. And so he's all mad and he's down at the bottom of the stairs and he's like, you know what? I'm sick of this Twiggy girl lady. You're fired once we're done with this. And she's like, good, I hate working for you. And as she's talking behind her, it's kind of a cool scene the fan starts going faster 
And it starts sliding down a little bit. See, I couldn't figure out if the fan came down at her or if it sucked her up into Yeah, no, I think it, it comes down, I think, <laughs> okay. is the thing. It, it kind of, yeah, it has Oh, like, yeah, I see it going down there. And that's why I was like, that's kind of involved. It actually, like, comes down and makes it look, you know, and he's like, wait, above you. And, like, I'm sure she hears it because it's like, boop, 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 boop. Right. And she's so busy yelling at him that she's like, what? No, I, don't, I hate you. I'm not even going to look. I don't trust you. <laughs> And so as she's screaming, she finally looks up and you see this fan coming down from her point of view and it decapitates her. Her body, I say in quotations because it's obviously a dummy. Right. Uh, well, I mean, I wouldn't think they've decapitated her anyway, but they just throw this body and there's like blood all over the place. He's down at the bottom with the body and then her head is next to him. You can see. So she's decapitated. He gets knocked out from her falling down, I guess. I don't know. Maybe he passes out. And so he wakes up. And now they're in the attic, and he's been tied to a chair with some jump ropes. So I don't know how that keeps you anywhere. It, it was, that was the same, I didn't realize it was jump rope, but it was the same kind of rope that the manager girl was strangled with. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I guess okay. she was strangled with. That's all this kid plays with is jump ropes. And so he's tied up with these jump ropes. He's coming to, and Nora's got a little mug of water or something for him, and she's offering it to him. And he's like, right away, trying to get out of it, like, oh, I need to hold it myself. You should untie me. And she's like, mm, nope, sorry. Like, she's like, I'm not going to fall for that one. That's not good. She's like, maybe you should meet Felicity, since she's the patient. And he's like, all right, fine. So Nora said, I'll go get her. So this whole time, he's still like, Nora's going to go down and change into the outfit and come back up as Felicity. Right. This is a crazy woman. I have to get out of here. So he's trying to get unhooked and all that. So the door opens, and there's Felicity. She's got the creepy mask on. Kind of reminds me when, did you ever do paper mache in school? Yeah, it was like those, those like blank mask yeah, templates. Yeah, just like a use. blank thing. We did it in fourth grade where you actually, we put it on each other's faces and then it hardens and then you painted it. Nice. It was weird because <laughs> it like, it gets real tight on your face. You don't like it. And yeah. like, I'm like, I'm nine. I don't want this on my face. <laughs> and so Felicity comes in and he's trying to be sweet. And there's a line here that's not, it's an unfortunate wording uh, because he's, he's on the seat and he's tied up and he's like, Felicity, your mummy says you wanted to talk to me. She says you haven't been feeling very well lately, is that true? Well, if you'd come over here, sit on my lap, I think maybe I could help you feel better. Which is not even, <laughs> not, not the slightest bit creepy or weird. Yeah, just the way you said it, I was like... First time I watched the episode, I was like, mm, that's unfortunate. Like, I was like, that sounds a little wrong. And she's just like, okay, you know, she, she don't know. She ain't really talking, but she's, she sits down on his lap and he wants to give her a hug. So he's like, if you could unhook this jump rope from my arm, which she does very easily and he easily gets out of. And she, she lets out one arm. This part's pretty good. Cause like, he's like, here's your love therapy, which again, unfortunate word. <laughs> so then he goes to hug her and instead, what does he do, Chris? He chokes the ever-loving crap out of her. <laughs> he grabs this little girl by the neck and chokes her with one arm. And she's like, ah, you know, and like kicking around. And so he still thinks it's Nora. He's like, oh my gosh, Nora, I know that's you. Shut up. And so then Nora's at the door. I, I like his line there, though. Like, he, he inverts his usual, uh, the good psychology always defeats bad behavior with these, like, uh, Bad behavior is, uh, is always defeated by worse behavior or something <laughs> like that while he's choking her. He's like, yeah, your bad behavior, I'm going to just beat it with worse behavior by choking <laughs> you out, child. 
And so when Nora's at the door, Dr. Getz is like, oh, who is this then? Like, what's going on? And she's like, you should be ashamed of yourself. And so he, he feels ashamed, so he lets go. And she falls onto the ground, and her mask and her hair comes off. And you can see the back of her head for a second. You can tell it's... It looks weird It looks, somehow. yeah. Something's not right. And so Nora comes in, and she helps Felicity up, and they turn her around. And that's when you see that Felicity is dead. She's, I mean, she's, well, she's undead. And she's got no hair, pretty much, just like little fuzzies. A really sinister skull face with really sunken eyes. Kind of surprised, actually, that her nose is there, that that wouldn't be more gone. Yeah. No but, lips, though. Yeah, no lips and just, like, real nasty teeth. Because, like, the rest of her is covered. Like, you don't really notice because of the mask and the hair, and then her dress is covered all the way to her wrist, and even her glo- she has gloves on, so, like, you wouldn't know. Right away, you're like, what? And then here comes Nora to be the um, exposition of this scene. She's like, let me tell you what's going on. Amazing, ain't she? Been dead 40 years, and she's still busy as a bee. It's love that keeps her going. But it's love that hurts her, too. Somehow, I think, tragically, Nora killed her. Because she says she did spoil her death. I don't know if that meant she overfed her, or she let her do whatever she wanted, and somehow she died. The kid choked to death on gum, that's what happened. Yeah, probably. (laughs) She's like, I kept giving her gum, and then she died, and so I just left the gum wall up. I feel bad. (laughs) And that love... Nora doesn't see anything wrong with this. She's so proud of her undead child. Well, you know, if it's... It's that whole mother, like, you just overlook it, you right. know? You're like, mm. Ignore it, ignore it, ignore <laughs> yes, it. Yes, ignore it, ignore it. She's dead, it's fine, ignore it. <laughs> and so basically what she's saying, she she's glad that he came because all the other psychologists haven't, haven't helped out. And he's like, what are you talking about? And so they swing the chair around, and that's when you see all the dead bodies of the other psychiatrists who have all come to help. I don't know how they tried to help. Even the guy he knew um, from that one book in the beginning, he's there and he's got like a little pipe sticking out, right, of, his, still got the pipe in his out of his dead face. <laughs> and one thing I noticed too is when they're going through all the names, one of the doctors is Dr. Kassir, which everyone knows who knows Tales from the Crypt. That's the, um, that was a nod to John Kassir, who does the voice of the Crypt Keeper. So I noticed that right away. And um, so yeah, so they're both standing there explaining that none of these psychiatrists help. She's hoping that Dr. Getz can help. And he's like, you know, she's like, you know, I'll leave you with Felicity. You guys should get to know each other and play. And he's just, he's zoning out. And she takes this uh, radio and she's like, oh, Felicity's favorite show is coming on. And he, she sets the radio on his, on his knees and it turns on Lothar's creepy ass sex show with the supernatural. Which part of me is like, this is a little girl and this is her favorite show. Right. I, I guess maybe because technically she's probably like 50. Right. But still. And so she takes out, she puts her mask back on and Nora leaves and she starts jumping around with another jump rope, just swinging it around and and singing and playing. And he's just saying, ignore it, ignore it. And snapping his fingers to this radio because now he's got to listen to this horrible show. He's stuck in this house and there's a dead girl who I think smells bad considering how he reacted when she sat on his lap. (laughs) And he's probably just going to starve to death. Listening to the radio show of his worst enemy. Yeah. And that's how the episode ends. And so it goes back to the Crypt Keeper, and he's talking about how he's feeling much better. And he lets you know by letting the puns just flow freely. <laughs> Crypt Keeper, you're so punny. And the best Crypt Keeper pun is... You were right, Doc. A little smotherly love was all I needed. So till next time, kitties. I'm sending my shrink to join the others. You know what they say. The morgue, the merrier. 
that's the end of the episode. Season 4, Episode 7, The New Arrival. There is some trivia for this one. Uh, Dr. Getz also recommends that Nora read his book, The Art of Ignoring Your Child. She informs him she already has it and shows him her collection. A close-up of the shelf reveals the Getz volume, plus several other books that apparently were made up by the prop department, except for two real books, the Scholarly Journal, Psychological Monographs for 1954, multiple issues from that year bound together as you would find in a library, complete with a real library call number on the spine, and a copy of the novel Ruth Felding Down in Dixie by Alice B. Emerson from 1916, a strange choice indeed for a shelf otherwise holding mostly self-help books on child psychology. The next episode is Season 4, Episode 8, Showdown. Chris, thank you so much for being on here today. Thank you for having me. Is there anything you wanted to promote while you're on here? So, on the side, I also do some photography. If anybody wants to check me out, uh, my Facebook page is Photography is Forbidden. It's mostly journalistic type of stuff from concerts and stuff. Cool, yeah, I'll put a link on that in the in the show notes for that, so... So yeah, everyone, thank you so much for downloading and for listening. If you want, you can follow my Facebook page. I also have a Twitter, at GAC Podcast. That's at G-E-K Podcast. If you feel so inclined, please leave a five-star review on iTunes or on Facebook. And again, you can find me pretty much anywhere, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay, iTunes, Google Play, all that. So yeah, thank you guys and have a good one. Just had quite a scare. I actually thought my heart was beating.